John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, called this our one book. And before we begin today with the meat of the message, I'd like to remind you of a couple things about this book, just for those of you who it might be new to. In the New Testament, the Bible begins with four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And Matthew, Mark, and Luke are known as the Synoptic Gospels because they contain much of the same material. In fact, scholars believe that Mark's manuscript was written first, or Mark's gospel was written first, and that Matthew and Luke used his gospel as source material along with other sources, which is why those two gospels are longer than Mark's. So the point I'd like you to take from this and hold on to for just a moment is that stories are repeated in the gospels. Now, last week, Dr. Don completed a message series. It was two messages long about Father Abraham. And when I first learned that I would preach today, I thought I would just continue that series to make it a three-message series. And then Laurel reminded us at a worship meeting that today we would be commissioning our new leaders, and we would later we will have a, a volunteer celebration lunch, and that it might be a good week to preach about service and my first thought was a story in Luke's Gospel, chapter 4, where Jesus heals Simon's mother-in-law and she gets up to serve. And then I thought, oh no, I already preached that message. I preached it at Eastlake United Methodist Church. I preached it at First Clearwater before I was commissioned as a deacon. And then I preached it here in June of 2014. And since I know that you remember every word I've ever said, I couldn't preach on that story again, right? So I turned to the lectionary to see if there might be another story related to serving. Now, the lectionary is a three-year schedule of scriptures that's recommended for preaching so that over a three-year period, a congregation will get exposed to many different parts of the Bible. Some churches, like ours, preach from the lectionary on occasion, and on other occasions, we do message series. So I turned to the lectionary, and lo and behold, the gospel lesson for this week was from Mark's gospel, and it was the story of how Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law, <laughs> and she got up to serve. So it seemed that God nudged me to study that story again and to be reminded that every story in the Bible can be the subject of more than one sermon. Now, let me put the story in context for you. First, this is from Mark chapter 1, so it's early in Jesus' ministry. Mark doesn't speak of the birth narratives or anything like that. Jesus, in Mark's Gospels, come out of the wilderness where he was tempted. He began to proclaim the good news. He called his first four disciples, Simon, Andrew, John, and James, and they followed him. And they followed him to Capernaum, where he healed a man who had an evil spirit. And that's where our story picks up. I'll read to you today from Mark's Gospel, chapter 1, starting at verse 29. As soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they immediately told Jesus about her. 
So he went to her, took her hand, and helped her up. The fever left her, and she began to wait on them. That evening, after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, Let us go somewhere else, to the nearby villages, so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We have two different teachers in this text. The first and primary teacher, of course, is Jesus. And we can learn from the example he provides here. He teaches us that leaders and teachers and servants don't only serve by the words they speak, they serve through their actions. Jesus healed and blessed and traveled about, but he acted as well as preached. He also teaches us an important lesson that sometimes church people forget, and that is that we can do great work for the church 24 hours a day, seven days a week, but that is not the best way. The best way is to find a rhythm in our service where we serve God, and then we take time to serve ourselves by connecting with God through prayer, by resting, and even by playing. It's a lesson we sometimes forget, but that we should remember. Jesus modeled this again and again, not only in this story, and we should follow his example. Jesus also taught us that we shouldn't be distracted from our primary focus for too long. Sometimes in ministry and in life, we get very involved in something and we go in that direction and we get busy with it and we forget what our primary mission is. And Jesus had to remind Peter and his friends that Jesus came to preach in many places and share the good news in many places. And he didn't get distracted. He could have stayed in Capernaum just like we can stay in the same place for a long time, but he realized that he needed to move on because that was his mission. Finally, Jesus reminds us that we're not to inquire about a person, person's worthiness before we serve them. When he was told Simon's mother, mother-in-law was sick, he didn't say, what did she do to get sick? He didn't say, did she have too much wine last night? Is that why she's not feeling well? He didn't say, is she infected from a sexually transmitted disease? He didn't say, is she here legally? He didn't say, what is she going to do for me if I heal her? He extended his hand without hesitation, and she was healed. There was no worthiness test for Jesus, and there should not be a worthiness test for us. Now for the other teacher in the story. 
She plays a very important role, but you'd never know it. It's easy to miss her. Like many women in the Bible, she doesn't even have a name. She's identified by her relationship to a man, in this case, her son-in-law, Simon, who is Peter. If I say Peter, I'm talking about Simon Peter. Yet she did a couple of very important things. Let me remind you from the scripture of her role. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they immediately told Jesus about her. So he went to her, took her hand, and helped her up. The fever left her, and she began to wait on them. Some of the translations say she began to serve them. Jesus did not ask her to serve them. She just knew in her heart that she should respond to what Jesus had done for her. And I believe her response means more than that she did a menial task. She cooked or she cleaned. There was nothing menial about it. This nameless, forgettable woman did a whole lot more. Now, earlier in the story, I told you that this was early in Jesus' ministry. He had just called his first four disciples, and they went to Simon or Peter's home. The fishermen were just getting to know Jesus. They were still in disciple one class. It was a time when Jesus was visiting homes, sharing meals with people, healing people in homes, teaching around the table, often in a small group. Today, we might call that gathering a home church. Simon and Andrew's home was probably one of the very first home churches before they were ever called by that name. Simon's mother-in-law realized that Jesus was doing something really important with her son-in-law and his friends. She recognized that Jesus was creating a community, and so she served that community by preparing food, maybe doing laundry or making beds. And in that role, she helped Jesus plant one of the very first churches. Scripture doesn't say that. That's what she did. Now, you might recall from the book of Acts, and if you don't, I'll I'll tell you the story. Early in Acts, Jesus has ascended to heaven, and the disciples are waiting for the Holy Spirit to fall upon them at Pentecost, at which time they were empowered, and they became the apostles and the leaders of the church. But shortly after that happened, squabbles began to arise because food wasn't being distributed fairly. And the apostles said, well, we can't start fooling around with distributing food because we're called to baptize people and to preach. So they commissioned eight men to distribute food and to serve the needs of the people in the church. Now, in, um, in our United Methodist denomination, the role that they took on is the role that we call the role of the deacon. I'm a deacon called to a a ministry of word, service, compassion, and justice. The apostles were called to ministries of church leadership and administering the sacraments and also serving. That's the role that Pastor Don has in our church. Now, you see, in, in deacon, ordained deacons often look back, and we think that Stephen, one of those eight men, was actually the first deacon 
of the church. But having read this story, I think I disagree. And I found a couple of scholars who disagree too. They say that in fact, Simon's mother-in-law was the first deacon because she served an early church by providing food and service to the congregation as they were learning from Jesus in his priestly role. Because she chose a servant role, she helped connect these people to Jesus and to what would become the church. The other thing about Peter's mother-in-law that's interesting is we didn't hear any complaints from her. No words at all. No, I've been sick and need to rest. No, I've cooked enough meals. It's someone else's turn. No, it's the Sabbath and I can't work. It's against the law. Her actions spoke volumes. She took Jesus' hand, accepted his healing, and stood up to serve. She found a purpose in that healing. She reminds us that even the vulnerable, the marginalized, the nameless, and the discounted have a role in the church of Jesus Christ. So as I wrap up today, I remind you of some questions. I hope you will ponder, and I know that I'm going to ponder them in the weeks ahead. First, when was the last time you read a Bible story that you're really familiar with to look for something new? I did that last week, and I found something new. God bless Simon's mother-in-law. From now on, I will think of her as the first deacon and a church planter. The next question is, are you in need of healing today or someone you love in need of healing? And if you are, have you asked Jesus to heal you? Have you confessed your need to him? If you and I have already experienced Christ's healing, have we responded through our service to others? Is it time for us to respond the way Simon's mother-in-law my new deacon friend, responded. Is it time for us to get up and serve? I pray that your answer, that my answer, that the answer of this church, St. Paul, will always be a resounding yes. Amen?